All right, Stochastic, here we go. It's your old pal Emac coming to you with one Greg Ehrenberg as we get ready for a robust, a gargantuan, okay, maybe not quite gargantuan, <laughs> three-game slate, six, six yep. whole teams in the player pool tonight, Greg, and it starts at 8 o'clock. It's actually going to be kind of fun with the staggered 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock start time, but how did we go from mega slates the last two days, days to just three games it's it's kind of weird it's like they took a page out of the nhl uh uh scheduling playbook here how can we f this up oh we'll just put three games on anyway yeah, enough about uh, me last night was cool out. though the, the dual slates last night greg that was like mlb almost it was, Dude, awesome. It was awesome i loved it uh it was something and you know DraftKings has been doing new stuff to try out how to make the games as appealing as possible to you know, the wider audiences. And last night I thought it was great for everybody. We got two slates to play. They also had the two $4.150 max tournaments. It was my my DFS. I had one very live lineup in the late slate that finished in, I think it finished, it was either like 10th or 12th in the $4. So I had that lineup to sweat. It was, it was a 2v2 swap away from first place. So I finished 12 points out of first. So the late slate was fine for me. The early one, not quite as good. No thanks to a Jordan Nuora, who looked like he was going to smash early. He had 10 fantasy points four minutes into the game. I had him in 99% of my lineups. He's back at 3K. I'm like, all right, here. Here's the easy free square. And then he finished with 10 fantasy points for the rest of the game. So uh, early slate was a disappointment. The late one was uh, much better. But overall, it was it was really fun to have the slates broken up that way. So I hope we get to see more of that going forward. But yeah, no way to break up a three-game slate that we have tonight. You and I doing the strategy show here. Then we're going to be doing Live Before Lock together later. So I ran Sims on the screen right now for, you know, the normal breakdown. And there are actually no players listed as questionable on the injury report either as of now. So uh, we're going to be going through everything here game by game as per usual. And then at the end, I've already got Sims run for DraftKings. I'll do it for FanDuel as well at the end. And we go position by position and just kind of see which players we're getting the most of. Uh, but yeah, not... Not not too much to talk about on the strategy show, and there's zero players questionable. <laughs> which which I can't wait because it's going to be uh, three players ruled out, one major player from from each game. Uh, so we it'll at least be shaking up uh, later tonight. But hey, we're uh, we're brought uh, to you guys by Owners Box. I'm going to drop their little landing page there into the YouTube chat. So fun things about Owners Box: still giving away a $500 deposit match with your first deposit. Additionally. Put in at least $10 with that first deposit, and they're going to give you a $5 anytime contest ticket and a $5 lightning contest ticket. So essentially, drop 10 bucks in there. You're basically playing for free. Give it a try. But remember, we don't get too many of these deposit bonuses out there, especially ones that match up to $500. So check that out over there on Owner's Box. And of course, they do have NBA, MLB coming soon, and um, you know NBA playoff showdown slates. We can almost reach out and touch that. We're about uh, six weeks away from that Greg maybe maybe seven it's uh it's it's getting very very close here um let's see you mentioned nobody on the questionable list the one that I did see pop up was Rudy Gobert so I was just getting ready to do a search and see um what he had and I don't know if this is a fragmented information but it, he is uh said the leg soreness but I it was such a late or it's inconclusive that information so we'll wait and see if that's a real one, but as you mentioned, it's not on the regular injury report. Um, let's talk about, uh, we can kind of uh, break down each game 
And uh, on these smaller states, remember, raw fantasy points are key. you got to remind us because we had almost a week off with the NBA uh, All-Star break here. Raw fantasy points are key. We're going to talk about players that normally wouldn't even pop up on the radar. Doesn't mean we like uh, folks like Evan Fournier and Quentin Grimes and players of that ilk. But on a six-game, uh, uh, six-team player pool, we need to talk about guys like that. So. In our first game here, we have the Orlando Magic, favored by seven, heading into Detroit, taking on the Pistons. Key things we need to know for Orlando is Markel Fultz dealing with that knee swelling, so he is out. Uh, Orlando has won their last two. They've won uh, their seven and two in their last nine. They play tomorrow. They're the only team on the front end of a back-to-back. Minnesota, we'll talk about, they're the only team on the second leg of a back-to-back. On the Detroit side, they're going to be without Isaiah Stewart. That's important to note. He's serving a a suspension there. They are likely to have Quentin Grimes back tonight. And we said, wait, wait, Quentin Grimes, Emac, you mean he's on the Knickerbockers? No, he was part of that trade that uh, brought um, Bogdanovich uh, over and uh, over to... um, Uh, the Knicks there. So he has missed the last eight games with a knee issue. We'll see what happens with his playing time. Uh, You've got uh, Detroit has lost their last four. They have the worst record in the league. They've only won eight Mm -hmm. games and they play again on Monday, Greg. So we have a relatively full Orlando rotation here. Tasty matchup. Uh, Orlando still has close to 120 implied Uh, team total here. What do you like from the Magic side? Yeah, a lot to like from the Orlando Magic. It's a great matchup for them against the Detroit Pistons. And we've also got some reasonable pricing on these guys, which, I mean, we we just have to save salary somewhere. There's no no real key value on this lady, Mac, when there's zero players who are listed (laughs) as questionable in the injury report. And, you know, things could change in the NBA. Maybe we end up seeing the Timberwolves potentially rest players. That was something that you had brought up before that there was some uh, potential that Rudy Gobert's legs are sore coming out of the All-Star break, but he isn't on the injury report as of now. But yeah, if you guys see on screen right here, I'm getting just a ton of exposure to the Orlando Magic. This is the team that I believe on my initial Sims run, I have the most exposure to here, where I'm getting to a ton of Jalen Suggs in 85% of my lineups, Franz Wagner in 71%, Wendell Carter Jr., 69%. Nice exposure on Wendell Carter Jr. And then we got Paulo Boncaro in 40% of lineups. And also, you look at the ownership projections on these guys. Emac, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players on the Magic that are projected for 20-plus percent ownership. That's what ends up happening on a three-game slate without all that much value. Good matchup for the Orlando Magic. They also, uh, there's not that very high of totals on the slate. So the total in this game, Emac, is 224.5 points. The Boston Knicks game is also 224 and a half. And then the, the Timberwolves Nets game to close out this late is a 217 and a half point total. So this is the team in the Orlando Magic that makes the most sense overall to get to on the slate. And it's largely because of the pricing, the matchup, and a lack of other spots to get to tonight. Yeah, and this uh, seven uh, players above 20% on DK, uh, similar on FanDuel, including the, the four most popular players. Uh, on FanDuel, DK has five of the top six at the moment, all coming from Orlando here. So the guys, uh, Jalen Suggs is kind of the intriguing option yeah. here because he has, you know, he's going to start and he has the best path to approaching 30 minutes. And with Markel Fultz out, and we've seen this a lot, but we know he gets a little bit more 
facilitation duties here. And that, that as does Franz Wagner, and of course, Gary Harris is going to be popping up here and there. There's some, some non-traditional facilitators, hell, even Paolo, Paolo Bancaro uh, is a good passer. But it, it just gives a, another path for Suggs to have a chance at uh, 30 fantasy points. Now, he's not when things are going his way, he's a 1.1 fantasy point per minute producer. This is the kind of matchup where that can happen, but he also disappears for stretches. When you go look at the games where he's disappearing, it's usually because the Magic are running at full health. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of missing faults, but this is a matchup where I could see perhaps taking the foot off the gas if they're able to take care of business. Uh, and he would be a player, I think, that could get closer to 30. And the foot off the gas just means I don't see most of the starters uh, topping 30 minutes tonight if things go according to plan yeah and uh yeah like you mentioned it's tail end of a back-to-back so markel fultz not playing in back-to-backs as of now maybe that'll be the case later in the year but you know maybe not so far this year they haven't been playing fultz in back-to-backs which does shore up the minutes of jalen suggs and yeah i'm massively overweight to him i know he's expected to be popular he's projected for 51 percent ownership in the contest generator but still he's my most rostered player on the slate nearly in everything for me, 85% of my lineup. So Jalen Suggs, really hard to do without. And just Markel Fultz being out the slightest amount of value that creates in Jalen Suggs, it makes him somebody who really pops up on a slate that otherwise doesn't have much points per dollar value. Yeah, and and by the time we get to tonight's show, that'll be 7 o'clock, because again, 8 o'clock tip tonight, uh, I'm sure we'll be, uh, if if this uh, popularity surge continues, we'll be talking about ways to get away from Jalen Suggs because everyone will have a moment to sort of see uh, where this is. And and things, as Greg mentioned, do tend to be magnified on these smaller slates. Uh, chat, chat thinks you're going uh, pure Hefner here today. It does look like you have a smoking jacket on. I can I can uh, vamp for a moment if you'd like to go get an ascot to cover up your T-shirt uh, and no, go for the floor. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a robe. It's very comfortable. <laughs> Oh, geez. I didn't know we were getting to go full casual, but hey, I'm wearing slippers right now. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's, it's a robe. It's very comfortable. I was I was doing the playback show until late last night. I got up this morning. I was like, oh, what am I going to what am I going to get dressed for? going to get dressed to talk about basketball? No, we're going to hang out. We're going to break down the slate and I'm going to be nice and comfy in my robe in my well uh, currently well heated office. Now it's a little bit warmer out, which is which is really nice. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, it's, it's comfy times. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And for those wondering, these are my my indoor outdoor slippers. I can take the the dog uh, out for a walk, get the mail, etc. So they're 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 not quite slipper slippers, but they're definitely not shoes. Okay, now that we've had some fun, let's move on over here to the uh, Orlando side here. Oh, pardon me, the Detroit side. So as I mentioned, uh, Isaiah Stewart is out, uh, suspended for a couple games. He was also I forget if he was dealing with the sore knee or, or ankle. Uh, but he got in an altercation with an opposing player uh, in the, the tunnel uh, before the game or in the in the bowels of the stadium, uh, if you will, where the players are uh, coming through the back area. Who knows what he's up to, but he is out. Uh, as we mentioned, Quentin Grimes likely to make his debut. He hasn't played for eight games, um, so he has not played for Detroit yet, but dealing with a, a knee issue. And then uh, the other thing we've seen is Evan Fournier. Which this is, is this a remember me spot? Because Fournier started out once upon a time with the Orlando Magic. If you remember those days, that's mm -hmm. when uh, Alfred Payton had his magnificent quaff and uh, Fournier had that little top knot uh, thing going on. That was that was quite some time ago. I don't I don't think Fournier has enough hair anymore to do the top knot. Mm -hmm. But uh, what, he, what are you seeing here from the Detroit side of things against a pretty good defense? In the yeah, uh, tough matchup for them, but... 
you know, you look at the other spots on the slate, who isn't in a tough matchup tonight? Because, and that's one of the other reasons too, we got all that exposure to Orlando because you look at the other spots on the slate, Detroit Pistons playing Orlando. You mentioned tough matchup. We got Boston playing the Knicks. That's a fairly difficult matchup. Knicks playing Boston. We know that's a difficult matchup as well. Then the final game on the slate, it's Minnesota against the Nets. That game only has the 217 and a half point total. Nets brutal matchup on the road against Minnesota. And the Minnesota just in a slow-paced game against the Nets. So is it a difficult spot for the Pistons? Uh, yeah, for sure. But it kind of is for everybody else other than the Magic on the slate as well. So still finding myself to some Pistons players. And I think this is where we can get contrarian, reasonably contrarian, for a couple of reasons here, Emac. First off, if we're already going to be getting a lot of exposure to the Orlando Magic, we don't really like the spot for any other team on the slate. Just for correlation purposes, it kind of makes sense to prioritize some guys from the Pistons if we're going to have a bunch of lineups with Magic players, like how many lineups we want to have with four or five Magic players that have zero players from the Pistons on the other side of the game. Maybe we get lucky. Maybe we get a little bit of overtime in this game, something along those lines. And there's modest ownership relative to a three-game slate. Somebody you would mention that's showing up in lineups for me, Emac, Evan Fournier. He's in about 20% of my lineups right now. He's projected for sub-10% ownership. I don't really know exactly what his role is going to look like moving forward. I don't know if the Pistons know. I don't know if the Pistons do on a day-to-day basis. I don't even know if they care. None of these games matter for this team. They're just going to be kind of rolling the dice with rotations. And we've seen this from this team the entire year where guys like Cade Cunningham, Jalen Duren, Jaden Ivey, we could feel really good about their roles going forward. Everybody else on the team, it's just going to be, hey, you're playing well. Cool. You get yourself a couple of extra minutes today. And I really think that things are going to get random beyond there. So Jalen Duren, Cade Cunningham, these are like core plays we could feel good about as runback options with the Magic on the other side of the game. And then some contrarian players take stabs on as well as Zer Thompson who uh, can't shoot at all, but he is somebody who we've seen has the ability to fill up the box score in other ways, rebounds, defensive stats. I think that he's live to play somewhere around 30 minutes for today, maybe a little bit more should the should the game stay competitive and if he plays well. And then also somebody like Evan Fournier, I, I don't know exactly what his minutes are going to be, Emac, but I know he's cheap. I know there is potential from the play extended minutes. And if the field isn't going to be getting to Evan Fournier, this is the kind of guy to potentially roll the dice on on a three-game slate because there is a, a, a path where he plays, you know, like 24, 25 minutes, something along those lines. We have seen so far from Evan Fournier, three games with the Pistons, 25, 26, and 18 minutes. Quentin Grimes is there, potentially could cut into Fournier's minutes, but we're looking at range of outcomes here. And there's a ceiling there relative to his price tag. So the two contrarian guys who I like from the Pistons are Evan Fournier and uh, Fontecchio. All righty. We are going to take a hot break here for a moment because I want to talk about a new deal we have, Greg. This is the lineup generator bundle. Yes, we have put it all together. Uh, we were offering weekly packages for all the sports, but you can put it all together for everything for just uh, $79.95 per month. This is probably the best tool that is out there on a cost basis because one, not overly expensive. Two, utilizes every tool and uh, thing that we have in the in the back office under the hood: Sims, leverage, Boombus, ownership, player projections, etc. 
they all go here into the lineup generator. You just push a couple buttons, uh, figure out what you would like to keep with regards to lineups, what you'd like to discard. Depending on the sport, you can lock players in. Uh, we, you can set your stacks for baseball. Baseball's only about a month away here, so uh, that's something that's uh, fun to look into. And then it also supports quite a few uh, uh, showdown slates or the primetime slates, uh, obviously for NFL, but it does uh, do some of those for NBA. But that is something to check out here. It is a new offering, so I will drop that link to the landing page there into chat. But that is something that I think is a great deal that we have. And even uh, our, our, our our head head guy, not, not Alex Baker, not the figurehead, but the head guy, the man behind the man um, here, Tom Kennedy, has said this is the tool that he thinks will change DFS more than even the Sims because it's at a price point that anybody can jump into. And you can even see down here, there are some, some nice uh, screenshots of people winning. Um, and that is the key because it's keeping out bad lineups, right? We don't want to have to redeposit. We want to have fun and winning, right? But not having to redeposit. That's a key thing there. But check that out. That is the Stochastic. Yeah. And uh, this will be really good for people. Uh, well, if you play multiple sports, good for you now. But especially, let's say, what are we at? We're about, uh, what, five weeks, six weeks from, from the start of baseball season, Emac. So this will be a really good value for people that are playing NBA, PGA, and MLB all at the same time. You'll get really, really good value then because then you'll get uh, all of those sports bundled together in the lineup generator at the same time. So uh, trying to create more bundle packages, something that you guys have been asking for. So uh, we set that up on the back end to make sure that we're delivering it to you guys. So if you want all the different sports for the lineup generator, we got that for you now. All righty, let's look at game number two, halfway through the slate already here. We have the Boston Celtics in New York taking on the Knicks. Celtics seven-point favorites here, uh, 224.5 projected total. As you mentioned, kind of the, the first two games are in that 224-225, uh, and then we've got the the, the uh, more defensive-minded game down at 218 with our nightcap. But uh, Boston is coming in on a seven-game win streak. They've won 15 of their last 18. They do not play again until Tuesday when they host Philadelphia. On the other side, we have the Knicks. Of course, they are still without uh, Mitchell Robinson. He is about three or four weeks away. Julius Randle and OG and Anobi are probably uh, seven to ten days away. The Knicks did win their last game, but they've lost two of their last seven, so that's not great. They suit up again on Monday when they host Detroit. The key thing you want to remember is OG and Anobi has now been out for ten games. In those ten games, in the in the ten or so games with him joining the Knicks, they had about a 104 defensive efficiency, which means they allowed 104 points per 100 possessions. They've slid all the way down to 116. So he was he's worth about 12 points a game, it turns out. Now, to be fair, Isaiah Hartenstein also out. You've got Precious Achua playing massive minutes where he's normally a, a backup a front court player, uh, et cetera. But this is not quite the stingy defense of the, the Knicks that we saw uh, when they were uh, hitting on all cylinders here. And then you have Jason Tatum, who proclaimed himself the best player in the league, Greg. He, he with no MVPs is the best player in the league. He's going to have to back that one up. This is an exciting game, right? You've got uh, Jalen Brunson, kind of the, the 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 Mighty Mouse uh character, right? And you've got uh Jason Tatum's like the hey, you guys forgot about me. Some storylines here for for one of the featured games tonight. How do you like Boston? It looks like we're going to have everybody suiting up for them. I never like Boston when everybody plays. It's just so hard to figure out on a game-to-game -game basis where the usage is going to end up going. And 
we know what the rotation's going to look like, right? We're getting mid-30s minutes out of Jason Tatum. We're getting mid-30s minutes out of Jalen Brown and Derek White and Drew Holiday. We're getting a little bit over 30 minutes from Kristaps Porzingis. Al Horford's going to come off the bench and play mid-20s minutes. Then you're going to be getting minutes in the teens from guys like Peyton Pritchard and Sam Hauser with Luke Cornett rounding out the rotation, maybe getting a couple extra minutes if somebody gets hurt or gets into foul trouble because uh, it does seem like Al Horford or Kristaps Porzingis, at least once a week, one of them ends up getting banged up during a game and isn't able to continue. But when you get everybody healthy for Boston, it sucks this is a three-game slate with the Celtics because there's individual guys with upside. Like you said, Jason Tatum thinks he's the best player in the NBA. It's a little silly that people trash him for that because these interviews, they're so ridiculous because here's what happens. The interviewer comes in and says, two-star player, hey, who do you think is the best player in the NBA? <laughs> there's two answers for this question. And, and no neither is correct, answer, Greg. They're neither going to get trashed online for it, right? Because <laughs> if they say, me? I'm the best player, then what's the internet's response? Oh, this guy's delusional. He thinks he's the best player in the NBA. How could that be the case? But then if Jason Tatum goes, I think Jokic is the best player in the NBA, then people go, oh my God, look at this beta. He's, he's, he's not an alpha. This isn't a winner. He thinks somebody else is the best player. So th- these questions are setups. It's for clicks. It's totally ridiculous. But really the problem with the Boston Celtics, it's just they have so many good players and such a deep team between Tatum, Brown, Porzingis, White, Holiday, Horford. These are all players too. We're playing at relatively high levels this year. Uh, you know, maybe not Al Horford relative to the other guys, but still, I, I end up getting to some exposure of these guys, kind of as last men in. But there's no real priorities. My most rostered player on the Celtics right now is Drew Holiday in 17% of lineups, Jalen Brown in 15%, Porzingis in 15%, Tatum in 13%. So, and it's not just that the usage is spread out. It's hard to know who's going to have a ceiling game on any game-to-game basis. The other issue with it also is that the core guys on the Celtics are also all relatively expensive. And then what ends up happening on a slate like today, where we don't have a whole bunch of value, it's kind of hard to justify spending up for a Jason Tatum all that frequently. So this is a team I really don't love getting to. I'm forced to some exposure because it's only a three game slate, but no priorities from the Celtics. All right. Uh, Joe Lacates. I see he says Jason Batum to a little, little beta play there on Tatum. Uh, the one, and, and I was, I know that, th- that these are the traps. The thing, awesome thing about Tatum, he's still only 25. Yes. He turns 26 next week, but he has been in the league. This is his seventh season, uh, five uh, time all-star. So he's pretty solid. He's down 10% on his fantasy production this season. Now he's never been a consistent rebounder uh, or let me rephrase that. He's consistent with about seven and a half to eight and a half per game. He's never a dominating rebounder and he's never really had to be with the the likes of Robert Williams and Al Horford and now Christoph Porzingis. But the one thing that he has really increased uh, is his uh, three point effectiveness. He's up to almost 37% this season. He slipped the last couple of years, but on increased volume, doubling his attempts from earlier in his career uh, when he was closer to, um, the 39%, 40%. So he is a complete player. He's, he's very, very good, but as Greg mentioned, hard to find anything here when everybody's uh, available for such a great team and a team that can lock down opposing um, offenses. Uh, or anything else from the Celtics, or are you ready to turn around to the Knicks here? No, we can go and talk about uh, the Knicks and their tough matchup against the Celtics. And uh, yeah, it is, it's going to be interesting talking about the, the Knicks side of the game here, Emac, where we've got some injuries on the team. No new injuries. OG Ananobi is out. He's been out, like you mentioned. Julius Randle's out, but he's also been out, like you mentioned. And now we've got the front court. Precious Achoo is playing massive, massive minutes. 
and Isaiah Hardenstein back in the mix now for the Knicks. And uh, let's see what the projections end up being later because he's going to be on a minutes restriction. We don't know exactly how tight the restriction is going to be. Last game, he played 11 minutes. He's been dealing with a sore Achilles. Uh, but the Knicks also won the last game fairly comfortably against the 76ers. They won 110 to 96, but that doesn't even paint the whole story because for a lot of the game, the Knicks were up by like 20, 25 points in that spot. So we got the limited minutes out of Hartenstein. This is a three-game slate where unless we get a real hard, like if they came out and they say Hartenstein's playing 16 minutes tonight, then we go, all right, he's playing 16 minutes. He's unplayable. If we don't get any kind of hard guideline on a playing time for Isaiah Hartenstein, Kind of interesting to me that he's only projected for 1% ownership on a three-game slate. Now, does that mean that I think you guys should play him in a cash game? Absolutely not. But for tournament purposes, a 1% owned Hartenstein with a wide range of outcomes on minutes, that's an interesting tournament option to get to on a three-game slate. His minutes are extremely, extremely difficult to project. Missed the three games, had the All-Star break, plays 11 minutes first game out of the All-Star break. So a little bit more information needed, but as things stand now, I have him in nearly 10% of lineups. He's he's somebody who's definitely in play as an off-the-wall punt option on a three-game slate. And also you mentioned before, you, Mac, you approach three-game slates different from a 10-game slate. I would never in a million years play Hardenstein on last night's slate. For a three-gamer, yeah, I'm willing to take some stabs on him. Uh, Josh Hart, Precious Achua, these guys are both going to play somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 minutes in all likelihood, but they've both gotten to be pretty expensive. And now that we also have this uh, slate where there isn't all that much value. Precious Achua in particular, I find fairly difficult to pay up for. Josh Hart is your most popular player on the next project for 26% ownership, which is just a little bit too much for me at his price points. It was in lineups for me, but only 12%. And that's actually the only guy on the Knicks that I'm getting to over 10% exposure to at the moment. All righty. Um, so interesting things here to note. Yeah, you kind of hit on it. Not a lot, sadly. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo is an actual decision point here just because the um, uh, offensive volume has been there as he has sort of become, I say this without even a hint of irony, their number two scoring option on the team, uh, which is which is rather interesting. So elevated price point, but we've seen him rip off 40 fantasy point games. He's hit 50. This is not the matchup to see that the 50 happen. Uh, it's it's like a 3% outcome tonight, but uh, we can see him approach 40. And in that raw point perspective, uh, it's it's kind of going to be important. He's not completely off the radar, looking like he'll be on about one in five teams. But I think that is um, something that is important uh, to consider. As normally, we'd just be saying, nah, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to go down this uh, this particular path. Yet here we are. Um, free stuff, Greg. Uh, mm -hmm. We do have the Stochastic Avatar. Let me drop that link here into the YouTube chat. For those of you listening along on the podcast, you can go over to stochastic.com. Uh, look on the upper right, go over to social, click on uh, the menu there and uh, click on the Rock the Stochastic Avatar. But the deal we have here is if you have the stochastic avatar, which you should, right? Show show where your love uh, is coming from the DFS sites. Put that out there on your DFS site of choice. You finish top three for second or third. No ties. Three-way tie for first is five. Fine. Hundred-way tie for first. No, first, second, or third. Got to be a top three. Finish there. We'll get you your choice of a one-month stochastic package up to a $200 value. And how do you get that? Well, you send a screenshot 
showing that stochastic avatar and your victory to stochastic hof over there on twitter and we will get you hooked up Lofty will put you in the stochastic hall of fame it's a lot of fun but we celebrate all wins big or small if you have a good win out there something that makes you happy feel free to share it uh we like having fun and celebrating these here greg uh in a couple of contests uh I've, i noticed over on fanduel that i was in yesterday uh, there were quite a few stochastic uh logos in it i've been uh, dabbling now that we have the sims I have added FanDuel back into the mix for my NBA DFS in addition to DraftKings and then my my nightly Yahoo lineup. But uh, seeing the stochastic avatar out there, these Sims must be helping out. Uh, yeah, I mean, also coming out of the All-Star break, uh, we've seen a, a lot of big hits. I mean, Tom won the $15 over on DK on Thursday. So we saw Tom take down the 100K that night. And then also I think... Josh was 10th or 11th that night. Uh, Eric had some lineups in the top 100. I did as well. So, yeah, it overall has been uh, some good showings coming out of the uh, all-star break here. And, you know, tonight's slate, we'll see what ends up happening with the three-gamer. But so far, been on fire for the first uh, couple days here. All right. And speaking of on fire, Obi-Wan points out vegan cheese and silk robes. He says, is it a thing? It's a lifestyle. It's a choice. It's a, it's a Greg Ehrenberg. I mean, I mean, related related to the uh, vegan cheese, Silk makes the best almond milk. It, it, it's a brand of almond milk. They're very good. I'm familiar. We have some in our fridge downstairs. So. All right, final game of the night here. Whew. This was this was a long show, Greg. Uh, we have the Brooklyn Nets, eight point underdogs here in Minnesota, taking on the T Wolves. T Wolves are the only team that did play last night. They lost to Milwaukee. 112-102. We did see um, Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert each played 38 minutes. Carl Anthony Towns played 35. Uh, Conley played 28. And then Kyle Anderson off the bench played 29. They're now on a one-game losing streak, but they have won nine of their last four. Uh, Minnesota plays again on Tuesday hosting San Antonio. Brooklyn, of course, a team a little bit of disarray there. They fired uh, Jacques Vaughn. Uh, at the end of the, I think it was at the end of the All-Star break. In any event, they have promoted Kevin Ollie into um, the interim coaching position. You guys probably remember him as a player for the Seattle Supersonics and about five other teams. Wait, no, you don't, because he was a journeyman and that was forever ago. But he was a coach at UConn, a former UConn player um, uh, there. So he is uh, a coach of note. He's been around the game for a long time. But uh, three-game losing skid here for the Nets. Uh, they've lost two of their last nine uh, they play again on Monday in Memphis. Yikes. Uh, this is not looking good for uh, Brooklyn, but they make up, uh, what, 12% of our player pool here, Greg. What do you got from the Nets? Yeah, so uh, one thing that is fairly interesting about the Knicks, I mean, I'm, the, the matchup is terrible tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know that you had speculated earlier that uh, Rudy Gobert was saying he had some leg soreness, so we'll see what ends up happening there. We don't have an injury report yet for the Timberwolves, but uh, it would really, really change this slate if Gobert ends up popping up on the injury report, which, I mean, would be a, a welcome change to the slate. Uh, but something else that would help is, I mean, Rudy Gobert is currently, last I checked, I think he's minus 700 to win Defensive Player of the Year at the Sportsbooks EMAC. So, yeah, it makes a massive difference in the defensive efficiency for the Minnesota Timberwolves should Rudy Gobert not play. As of right now, the player that stands out the most to me from the Nets is Mikael Bridges. He's a contrarian option. I'm getting well overweight to the field, too. And, you know, it's not because we haven't projected for a ton of fantasy points or anything like that, although we've got him project from north of 30, so he does project fairly well. But there are some positives to like about 
about Bridges. Most notably, his playing time has been pretty significant in competitive games as of late. So uh, last game against Toronto, it was a blowout. Starters didn't finish the game, Emac, but he still played 35 and a half minutes in that game. Uh, game before that against the Celtics, they lost by 50 points. So another one where starters didn't end up finishing the game. But you look at the last competitive game the Nets played in against the Boston Celtics. This was on uh, February 13th. So we have to go back a little bit. 11 days ago, two blowouts in a row. There's also the All-Star break. 40 minutes for Bridges in that spot. If you look at other recent competitive games against the Dallas Mavericks, 39 minutes for, for Bridges. Against the Golden State Warriors, 42 and a half minutes in that game for Bridges. So the Nets are giving this guy really big minutes in close and competitive games. And while maybe a matchup on the road against the Minnesota Timberwolves doesn't spot, doesn't uh, shape up as being the most competitive game on paper, maybe Rudy Gobert sits. The spread is only eight points. It's about the same for all three games that we have on tonight's slate. So Bridges is the player that I think offers the most upside from the Nets, considering they've been willing to play him upwards of 40 minutes in competitive matchups. All right. Sorry, I was going down a rabbit hole on Kevin Ollie's uh, basketball reference page there. <laughs> I did not even realize he played for Philadelphia. He played for them for six seasons. Somehow I missed that. He, he was, was in the league until uh, he was 37. Wasn't he on the, the team that went to the finals? Uh, with Iverson? Yeah. Uh, he, he may won. have been. He may have been. It's That was just – he was a part-time starter uh, in his time there. For whatever reason, I've just filed that away. Yet somehow I remember his, his 29 games with the Supersonics because <laughs> – 29 out of his 662. Um, in any event, I wanted to call out, I dropped the NBA um, injury report page into the chat there. This is something that you guys should bookmark. And I see some people that are saying, oh, hey, you know, as I did, you know, um, you know what, what's up with uh, with uh, Gobert, et cetera. You can see on this that Minnesota hasn't officially released their um, injury report. And there's various rules around all this and they've, they've changed them over the years. But uh, essentially, if you played the night before, you have a long, because you don't have a practice the next day, you have a longer time to uh, release your injury report. We'll probably see theirs with the 1230 or the 1:30 update uh, and see what happens. But this is something that's always helpful. It now comes out every hour, um, essentially throughout the day, uh, updating everything that's new. But it's it's worthwhile if you're not sure somebody's playing or you want to see uh, a good way to find some of the G League status uh, for the players. Uh, that's a good way to uh, look at that. Does Emac have ADD or something? Perhaps. I have had two coffees today. I am now <laughs> drinking water. I'm that, trying to that rehydrate. Is, that no. is the something. By the way, coffee. That is the something. He's got. Ca he's hopped up on caffeine. That's the something. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was up late last night because I had a lineup that was live. And then once it fell apart, uh, I went to bed about 12, 15. But that's like about two hours way past my official bedtime. Period. Yeah, so. I mean, it's I'll tell you, I'll tell you what was annoying for me was a Trey man last night on the on the uh, on the late slate because he was in my lineup. Emac that finished at the top. I had the I had the best lineup with Trey man in it last night. If he would have if he would have hit. One more three because he ended up shooting. I think it was like three of or two of nine from the field or three of nine, something like that. Something very terrible from the field. If he would have made just one more of his three point attempts, it would have been the difference between me finishing in like 11th and like fifth or something like that, which is such a big difference in some of those GPPs. But uh, man, had to go out and just have the absolute just the floor of all floor games last night. Yeah, and that between him and Grant Williams, they were both on my 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 one good lineup, and just they were not producing there. So, and then I think Williams ended up getting kicked out, and then there was the whole fight in the the Miami uh, game. Yeah. It was it was a a bit of a spicy night. 
Uh, and then uh, Victor Wembanyama. You you mentioned um, Jordan Mora had uh, what ten fantasy points in in the first fourteen minutes. In his first seven minutes, uh, six minutes and fifty nine seconds to be exact. Victor Wembanyama had forty point nine fantasy points. Yes, yeah, in was... seven minutes, sixteen points, seven rebounds, and assists, three steals, two blocks. That's that, that's a game's worth. That's four games worth of of Nuora. Yeah, here we back are. To, uh, back to back games for Wemby with five blocks and five steals. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Got the five by five last night. So very, very cool. Very, very cool. All right. Reining myself back in here. Uh, let's see. Anything else from the Nets side that you want to hit on here? Is there a, a shout out for a Nick Claxton? Uh, perhaps a uh, what the hell's happening with Lonnie Walker? How long till Kevin Ollie gets tired of watching Cam Thomas shoot the ball? Final thoughts there for the Nets. The only play, I mean, there's guys that I just have is like last men in uh, Dennis Schroeder in 11% of lineup, Simmons in 9%. I mean, he's been miserable as of late. I thought there was a chance that we would see. Ben Simmons put up some accounting stats because he looked okay in his first couple of games back from injury, but the minutes haven't really been there. It's it's hard uh, now that now that we have Simmons back in the mix because there's an impact on Cam Thomas's minutes and his playing time security. Is it an impact on Cam Johnson and his playing time security? The only guy I really have a meaningful amount of exposure to is Bridges. There's these other guys who are like five to ten percent guys for me as last men in, but yeah, Bridges is the real priority for me from the Nets as a contrarian option. All right, let's uh, wind it up here with the last game. We've got Minnesota. Um, remember a couple years ago when when Conley didn't play on back-to-backs? Uh, I, I expect he'll be uh, in the mix tonight. We've, we've sort of hinted at Gobert. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, lower leg soreness. Uh, some sites are saying ankle. Some sites are saying calf. Uh, but in any event, uh, you've got those guys. You've got Jaden McDaniels, Callie Anderson, Nas Reed off the bench. Uh, just, just another non-plus uh, environment here, but again, twelve percent of our player pool. We got to play some of these guys. It looks like uh, on uh, DK, we're going to get one or two players above fifteen percent, but uh, a host of players that are uh, still in the mix here. Oh, I had it on the wrong filter. So Conley at forty percent, Gobert at thirty, uh, Towns at thirty on Yahoo. Uh, seeing something similar, uh, throw Jaden McDaniel's into the mix there. Take us, take us home with the T Wolves. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what ends up happening with Rudy Gobert. I know you brought up at the top of the show that he's got uh, some sort of leg injury, potentially you just brought, and we don't even know. I, I shouldn't say we, we don't know for sure what it is. <laughs> but we don't have the injury report yet, and not anything that's of our fault. It's just the injury report came out from the NBA this morning, and the Timberwolves haven't submitted anything yet, right? It's early. It's early in that Midwest time, that mountain time there. So uh, I think there's a couple things we should hit on here first. Here's what my exposures are looking like with the assumption that Gobert plays because he's in our projections right now. And what's really interesting to me is I am already getting myself to a lot of Carl Anthony Towns Mac. He is in more uh, more than half of my lineups. But if Gobert is ruled out, Carl Anthony Towns is a 1.37 fantasy point per minute guy on DraftKings, 1.33 fantasy points per minute over on Fandle for Carl Anthony Towns without Rudy Gobert. So if Gobert doesn't sit, I'm already getting to Towns as is he would end up being somebody who gets into like probably 70-ish or something percent of my lineups if we do not see Rudy Gobert play tonight. And then also, uh, Mike Conley, like you mentioned, super chalky, projected for north of 40% ownership. So I'm getting to him in lineups. Same with Rudy Gobert, who's also expected to be really chalky. Just a little bit underweight to the field because we got Gobert north of 30% ownership. We got Conley north of 40% ownership. And even if 
these guys play, I wouldn't be shocked if the Timberwolves give a minute, two minutes less. And that makes a really big difference from a minutes, uh, just from a projection standpoint, you lower somebody's minutes like that. So uh, Carl Anthony Towns is the real priority for me from the Timberwolves. Conley and Gobert both look good as of now, but subject to change if players get rested or anything like that. If Conley ends up sitting, Anthony Edwards would also look like a stronger option. More ball handling opportunities for Edwards in the event that Conley doesn't end up playing. And then in addition, we should talk about who starts. Who would be the cheap guys we would end up getting to if any kind of rest scenarios end up coming into play? So if Conley ends up sitting, then I'm going to assume that we do see, uh, like I said, more ball handling opportunity for Anthony Edwards. And then we should also see, let me look up the minutes for Nikhil Alexander-Walker the last time he started. Because I think NAW would move into the starting lineup. Maybe they go to Monty Morris because I don't think Monty Morris was on the team the last time the Timberwolves were shorthanded. But let's see. Yeah, he was not. So this is what we got from the Timberwolves. Their rotation the last time that Mike Conley was out. Nikhil Alexander-Walker started and played 35 minutes, Emac. Pretty appealing, especially on a slate that doesn't have all that much value. So I think that I would be willing to give Nikhil Alexander-Walker somewhere around 30 minutes and then Monty Morris taking over the backup minutes, which we previously saw going to Jordan McLaughlin. I think we've now seen that Monty Morris probably has uh, surpassed him in the rotation. So Monty Morris would be a good punt option. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, really good value option as well in the event that Mike Conley is out. And then if we do see no Rudy Gobert tonight, then I think we see Carl Anthony Towns play more center minutes, and then that would lead to a little bit more playing time for Kyle Anderson as well as Nas Reed. And Nas Reed would be a huge gainer in that kind of scenario. So I need a little bit more information from the Minnesota Timberwolves, but uh, regardless who's in or who's out, it looks like Cat is going to be a priority for me. That's uh, He was the surprise last Sunday when he, he crushed uh, the All-Star game DFS style. It was uh, interesting. All right, Greg, one last thing to talk about here. I'm going to put up on the screen here. We have our uh, Odd Shopper, uh, which is uh, got all sorts of bells and whistles and continually coming out with new stuff seemingly on a weekly basis here. But uh, we've lowered the price point down. It's $14.95 per week or $49.95 per month. That does get you access to all of Odd Shopper as well as the Odd Shopper Discord channels where you're getting all of the experts releasing all kinds of wagers throughout the day. Uh, got to see uh, Ben Rossa coming into the playback shows uh, the last two nights, giving his obscure wager of the day. Of the day. Uh, that's free, so I'll give that one out. He was saying uh, John Hop Johns Hopkins uh, lacrosse at minus uh, 1.5 goals. So I think that one starts here in a little bit. Uh, so that one is one that he was looking at. He also said you could take the money line on that. Uh, it was around minus 150, but he'd rather lay the uh, minus one and a half goals. So the obscure sport of the day, but you've got the, all the major sports here. I've got this filter here uh, showing NBA player props, but you can see we have the odd shop rating expected uh, value, the EV, that's the positive ROI. We do bet sizing here based upon uh, your bankroll. You could change that in the upper corner, but if you have a thousand dollar bankroll, you don't hear it saying you, you bet, uh, uh, reasonable uh, two or three percent uh, on these wagers here because they're the better wagers but you can see uh, percentage wise it's telling you to knock some of those down oh my gosh greg it's just showing nothing but unders at the top why is that i want to bet overs well everybody wants to bet overs this the sports books know that so not only do they push the envelope uh, on these player props they're also juicing it against you so you're getting the double whammy here and this is where odd shopper helps point out uh these these little variances and these little edges 
throughout the entire uh, the entire sportsbook world. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we are also working on the live odds page. Uh, so you can see that here. I've got that popped up here for the games today. You can look across and see where the best bets are at each of the uh, different uh, sportsbooks uh, for the different numbers. You're making uh, massive changes uh, when you're using Odd Shopper. Be a savvy shopper uh, is a key thing. I'm up to, I think I'm nine and three in my last 12. Uh, in the DFS building blocks article with my featured odd shoppers play, Greg. It's crazy. And they've all been unders too, which is just wild. It's now, it's, I now enjoy going after unders. It's interesting. Final thoughts before we slide on out of here, good sir. Yeah, I'll just throw up. I ran some Sims for FanDuel. Just, I mean, we were, uh, we, we really did a good job of getting out as much information as we could. We only had three games to talk about. So, you know, before the show, Emaka brought up to me, he's like, hey, are we, do we have to do an, an hour? What are, what are we going to do here? There's only three games to talk about. And it was like, hey, if, if, if we've run our course and it takes us 30 minutes to give out all the information, then so be it. But I said that I'll, I'll throw in just some FanDuel Sims at the end as well. Uh, and, I mean, we pretty much were able to uh, – Go an hour anywhere, Emac. But let's just go through. I'll go position. That, that challenge position. was dropped on me on on the playback show, saying I I could do a read for a half hour long. So I, I'm embracing that. <laughs> it was uh, some. I can't remember how it came up, but somebody had asked about your talent, or I, I really can't remember what the context of it was, because somebody had made a comment, and there were so many messages that came through in chat, and it kind of took on. Uh, something of its own. Somebody asked what your talents were, and then that was one of the giveaways that we were going to do, uh, do for last night because we've been doing lots of giveaways on the playback show. And to make somebody a VIP, it was who could come up with the uh, best answer of what Emac would do to uh, entertain people at the at the halftime show of an NBA game. It was related to us talking about Red Panda, who is uh, the uh, the staple of NBA League Pass in-game entertainment. And it was uh, what would Emac's talent be to perform that? I can't remember who it was that brought it up, but uh, yeah. Do so, you want the real answer for the, for those that are still here? Since yes, I know a lot of people the speculated the clarinet last night. But what is your actual talent? All right. Well, this 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 I'm now married. This one's for the ladies. The old tying the cherry uh, cherry stem in a knot with your tongue. That's always pretty helpful. Whoa! Look Just at throwing this that guy. out there. Throwing look that look out at there. this guy. And without further ado, <laughs> let's look at some of the players I got the most exposure to on Fanduel here, real quick. Court plays at point guard. It's uh, Jalen Suggs, Mike Conley, and Cade Cunningham. Over at shooting guard, ended up here with, I mean, it's a lot of the players that are the same that are the point guard and shooting guard eligibility. So uh, Jalen Suggs, Cade Cunningham, Cole Anthony as well here, and then uh, Mikhail Bridges, who we're about to see at small forward as well. So uh, yeah, pretty much all the same guys that we liked over on DraftKings, also projecting well and showing up in lineups on FanDuel. Franz Wagner, Paula Boncaro, Mikhail Bridges, Jonathan Isaac, Jaden McDaniels. Isaac is somebody who's a better fantasy producer for FanDuel purposes than DraftKings because of the defensive stats there. So Jonathan Isaac, where we have to offer two small forwards and two power forwards. Always difficult positions to fill in these small slates on FanDuel. Power forward, all guys that had small forward eligibility. Wagner, Boncaro, Isaac, McDaniels. And then as far as centers go... The center eligible players that I have the most exposure to right now, it is Wendell Carter Jr., Isaiah Hartenstein, who's considerably cheaper on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert there as well. So uh, check out the Live Before Lock show later, guys, because who knows what's going to end up changing later on the day. We're going to get that Timberwolves injury report eventually at some point. Could change things. Hopefully it does, because that would make for some more interesting value discussions. All righty, that is going to do it for us. We do have a 2 o'clock show covering the NHL slate. Uh, a very robust slate throughout the day. Starts at uh, 12.30. 
but that will be covering the main slate that starts at seven tonight. Uh, then, of course, as Greg mentioned, at seven, we will be doing NBA live before lock, but we are going to get out of here. You can follow Greg on Twitter at G Ehrenberg DFS. I am at EMAC DFS. And of course, it is stochastic underscore COM. With that, gamers, good luck.